Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Step out of stuck. Step out of stuck. Last week, we, we kind of, or in the last few weeks, we talked about size doesn't matter. That, that actually perspective, come on, Billy says size doesn't matter. If you felt Billy's hugs, you know that size doesn't matter. Your, your ribs will be crushed either way. Size doesn't matter, perspective does. Because the size of the mountain is to do with often perspective, whether it's going to defeat you or not. Often whether you think you've got enough to overcome it or not. How you see yourself and the filter in which you look through matters more than the size of the mountain itself. You have what you need and you've got to stay focused. Success wasn't found in the grandeur and the shiny things. It was found on the ground. David picked the stones from the stream. Streams are often representation of places that strip us back like water which cleanses us. Baptism is water, it's, it's, we cleanse, we're brand new stream, we're stripped back, we're, we're purified in water. And that's where the stones which conquered Goliath were found. Israelites thought Goliath was too big, perspective. He's too big, we can't do it, we can't handle it. But David actually thought, no, he's too big to miss. Perspective, faith changes what we see changes who we think we are, changes the, the beliefs that we have. And, and if you don't believe you can handle it, you probably won't. But if you believe that God's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness, you can. You can handle it. No matter how big the giant is, no, no matter how big the situation, the person, the scenario, your fear, you can handle it in Jesus' name. Goliath comes out and they face two armies. There's two, there's two armies facing one another. There's a face-off. There's resistance. Often, breakthrough comes in the face of resistance. It doesn't come with this little peaceful life externally where nothing bad happens. It actually, breakthrough comes when you're resisting an enemy. Often, the biggest fight you have isn't against a physical person or an enemy. It's often the biggest enemy of your heart is you. Because you want to put faith, we want, I want to put faith in me. It's more comfortable that way. I don't want to even look at giants. I don't even look at the sin. I don't even want to show up at the fight. It's more comfortable to avoid. And so it's so important that we don't become avoidant type people. That we're trying to create a culture of people who don't run away from fights, but we run to them. Because we're not just a conqueror, we're more than a conqueror. One fight's not enough. I'm, I'm fighting for purpose. I'm fighting for destiny. I'm fighting for family. I'm fighting for others. That when David killed Goliath, he didn't just set himself free. He set a whole nation free, a family free, his brothers free, even though his, his brothers resisted him. Who do you need to step up to the fight of faith for? Who's in your situation right now? Maybe it's not just about you. Yes, you're called. Yes, you've purpose, but your purpose far exceeds your capabilities. Your purpose far exceeds your, your level of influence right now. You, you see, that when we come and be a part of a local church, we're coming and we're saying, I'm going to be a part of something bigger than myself. Yeah. 
I'm going to join with a vision that's bigger than the vision that I have for my life. I'm going to join with a God who is all-powerful, all-knowing. He knows more than me. He's smarter than me. I'm in a situation. It's confusing right now. I'm full of fear. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but God's bigger. I'm going to submit to his ways because his ways are higher. They're greater. Even if I fall and I fail, he can use it and I can handle it. Because I, I, I won't give up. When, when is giving up? Giving up is when you stay on the ground, flat on your face. When you handle something, even if you fall, you get back up. It's not over if you get back up. Some of you today, you've got to get back up. I, I know you've made a mistake. I know somebody hurt you. Just get back up. And so let's, let's, we're going to pick up in the middle of this scripture uh, in, in 1 Samuel 17, and, 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 and David's been in the field, and he's on the scene. He's at the battle. He showed up. He didn't run. He didn't avoid. He was actually just there to serve and bring, uh, pr probably meet their physical needs with water and, and food. The Bible says um, that was the purpose of him being there. He was, he was just there as a servant, as, as somebody, as like a waiter uh, at the scene, and, and he was it wasn't, even, it wasn't even on the radar of him being in the battle. And so here we have it in verse 26. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done? Because he sees Goliath. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? He's upset. This is a disgrace. It's a situation you're in right now. It's a disgrace. It shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that. It's a disgrace. What's just happened right here? It's embarrassing to God Almighty. It's, it's not God's way. We're falling short sin. Who, who is uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? God? God's ways shouldn't look like this. This isn't a representation of the heart of God. The situation that we find ourselves in, they repeated it. They repeated to him, so this, be, this has just been on, on the lips of many people in the area. They repeated to him that they had been saying and told him this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Very clear. They've been talking about this for 40 days. It says, when, when um, Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. And so what's happened is David has been in a place where, where, where his ability to develop what seemed like his, his, his rank in order in the army had stopped. And he's back on the scene of this situation and he, he, he has something in him that wants to start. He stopped and now he wants to start. It, it was, the situation stopped him from maybe doing what he wanted to do, but now he's back on the scene and nobody else is doing anything about it. And there's something, there's something bubbling up. Frustration, anger is bubbling up. It's a holy, righteous anger. Something's not right with this situation and he, wants, he won't stop even in the face of resistance of his family, of his loved ones. He's not happy. Something's not right. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Maybe his heart was conceited 
in the past. Maybe he had to stop. God had to stop him going the way he was going because he needed a season out because he needed to deal with his heart. Maybe he needed a time in the field of preparation and that looked like humbling. It looked like separation. It looked like a situation uh, where he no longer had a voice in front of people, but God done something in the field. He was a new person. He wasn't the same David that they knew. He wasn't the same David, the same brother, the same son that they once had heard of. He was brand new. He, he had started a new path while he had stopped an old one. He had stopped the path of pride, potentially. He had stopped the path of trying to, to become something, to prove himself to man, and started a path of humility and, and, and humbling himself under the mighty hand of God and beginning to step out in faith and beginning to trust God in the wilderness and beginning to trust God when no one else's voices were around to confuse him. He had... He had prepared himself with a healthy God-first foundation so that when he came to the situation, to the scenario where the armies, the resistance were present, he had faith on the scene. He had faith to overcome. He was no longer looking to what man said and what people gossiped and, and what people didn't think about him. He was now looking to what God had said about him, what God had spoke to him in his heart that he could overcome resistance. Now what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He turned away to someone else and brought up the, the same matter. He didn't stop. He, he's back on the scene. He started, and he's not stopping. The timing is right. He has a peace to go on, even though people don't like it. He's a new man. He's a new creation. From the field, he's been created for this moment in time. It was his destiny to do what he'd done. But, but he knew in order to fulfill his destiny, he couldn't follow the voice of the crowd. He couldn't follow the voice of human sight. He couldn't follow the voice of the outside. He had to follow the voice and the yearning of his heart from the inside out. Can I get an amen? So number one, the greatest enemy of new is known. Some of you have always been known as just a, a, a nobody. Some of you have always been known as the rebel. Some of you have always been known as the person full of pride. Some of you have always been known as the person who has to be popular for, for X, Y, and Z. Some, some of you have always been known for, for not having confidence, for being insecure. Some of you have always been known for not being enough, for not being lovable. But God didn't die for you to be known for the way man sees you to be known. God died so that you could become a new creation in Christ. He came for new. He came for a new day. Right now, God maybe wants to do something new in your life, but it's not going to look like what you've known. It's not going to look like what you've always done. It's not going to look like last year or last week or last month. It's not going to look like who you were at school. It's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be different. People won't be comfortable with your new. 
People will try to stop you and try to speak your past over your new. That's, you're conceited, you're selfish. No, I'm new. It's a new day. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I was, but by the grace of God, I am who I am. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have a new identity. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. It's new. Maybe you've, you've been a bad employee in the past, but you're new. It's a new day. You've had a feel of suffering, a time of desolation where no one is around, a time where you've maybe even lost a job, but God's prepared you for new. And so we're not going to look back at the old. We're going to walk in the new. Yeah, you might, you might have been a person that didn't have faith, lacked faith, criticized faith, hated faith, was an atheist, but it's a new day because that wasn't working. That wasn't bringing life. That wasn't bringing hope. That wasn't bringing peace. It's a new day. Hey, hey, we've been a church and we started with a few people. And we had a small mindset at the start because we were small and we honored the one. Yeah, we still honor the one. But it's a new day. We're putting new systems in place. We're bringing, our culture's not getting worse. It's getting better. It's a new frame of mind. It's a new way that we look. We had faith for, for 20 here, we have now faith for 200 here. It's a new look. It's a new sight. We're not going to talk the same way we did here as we do here. We're moving forward. Our faith is growing. We're seeing more mountains move. We can tackle bigger giants. We can tackle, hey, I've, I've killed the bear over here. I'm ready for Goliath now. It's a new day. I've got confidence to overcome King Saul. Trust me. Listen, King Saul did not put his trust in David. It wasn't a one in a million chance type deal. He didn't go to Vegas and put it all on black. Listen, if somebody's telling you you've killed a bear, I was at the zoo yesterday. <laughs> those gorillas, those lions. If you can tackle a lion, go for, go for Goliath all day long. I've got, if you, if you honestly tackled a lion, <laughs> work away. Take the stones, do what you've got to do. I trust you. It's not this willy-nilly faith. It's faith that works. It's faith that's happened. It, it, it's moved mountains, so we're going to move another one. In Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? The greatest enemy of new is known. You see, if we stay safe, we will empty ourselves of the opportunity and growth. And we will become weary and bored and you know what what happens you start to put faith in your own other desires like lust you start to find you, you're looking for some kind of battle you're looking for some kind of excitement so if you're not fighting out fighting off giants in faith in god you'll you'll fight the fight of purity and you'll lose you'll you'll you'll, you'll start to get attracted to the lust of the eyes and the lust of the fresh and it might give you excitement initially, but it's going to get you tangled up, messed up, broken, burdened, and bandaged. Just thought about that at the last bandage, broken, burdened, bandaged. Sin always takes you further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you want to pay. Always. Always. 
See, God's plan for David was never to leave him in the field. He wasn't supposed to stay in the field. The field was just part of the process. The field was just part of the preparation. Right now, some of you are going through suffering, hardship. It's a hard time. You're not supposed to stay there. Listen, valleys were not supposed to be somewhere that you, you put up your tent and you camped out. Valets are for walking through, not staying in. Valets are a road to, to a destination. For I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. As you walk, were through. As you walk to new, the old passes away because you don't stay in the old. Some of us, you're sitting stuck right now. You've parked up your boat. You've parked up your car and stuck in the valley, in the old ways of thinking, in the old habits that, that tangle you up, that, that tear you down, that don't give you peace, that don't give you a comfort that God gives you. It steals your faith. It's a downward spiral. Why? Because you were never intended, designed to live in the valley. You were intended to pass through the valley. It's not forever. So what you're going through right now, I want to tell you right now, it's not forever. It will not last if you keep walking, if you keep getting back up. Even if you stumble and fall, you keep getting back up. What is it? An unrighteous person stumbles and falls six times and lays there. But a righteous man will fall seven times and get up every time until completion. See, maybe, you're, maybe you feel stuck today, not because of an enemy, but maybe you feel stuck today because you've stopped. Maybe it's not because there's resistance. Maybe it's not because the scenario's changed. Maybe it's just because you've stopped and now you're stuck. You've stopped with old. Number two, start, stop, start. I want to explain this real quick because some of us sometimes get confused with how, how do you hear God's voice or what does, how do we sense what direction God wants us to go? Well, this is often what it looks like if we put the next slide up. So we're on the road and, and we're on the road and often we, we hit traffic lights and, and my car, I just bought a car, it's 10 years old, but it's sweet. <laughs> it looks younger than it, than it is and uh, do the good research, you know, and make sure the engine will last. No one else wants it, but I do. And it's got this feature, and I've just kind of started to come into this feature after 10 years, buying a 10-year-old car, where it's got the start-stop feature. And the start-stop feature basically happens when I come to, like, a light. I think it's to save fuel. And the engine switches off, stop. But I'm still on the journey. I'm still on the way. I've just stopped because why? I stop because if I keep going, I might crash. There's protection in the stop. There's preparation in the stop. In the stop, I get to my destination quicker because I stopped. Because if I keep going, I might collide with another car and it's going to be a whole ordeal. I'm going to have to go to the hospital. I might get injured. It might be a lot worse than I even expected because I didn't what? Stop. Sometimes with God, his rhythm is to stop Start, start, stop, stop, start, start, stop. And, and so often in our flesh, what often ha happens 
If I'm in a rush and I'm at the lights, guess what I want to do? Go. I don't want to wait on the Lord. I don't want to wait on his timing. I don't want to wait on the lights to turn red or, or to turn green. I've got it all mixed up. I want to go. I don't want to stop. But the way of God doing things is that you go and follow his way. And if you follow his way, he'll work his will in your life. His will is to protect you and keep you safe. His will is for you to fulfill the purposes that he's put in you. But you must stop instead of start. You, you must go in his rhythm. So some of us are frustrated because you're stopped right now and you got to get somewhere, but maybe you don't need to get somewhere. Maybe God knows where you need to be. And maybe you've got everything that you need. And maybe right now you just need to be present. You see, often what happens in my life is when I start to drain myself is I start to focus on where I should be, performance. And I, I, I stop being present in where I am. I stop getting into God's presence right now because I need to be somewhere. I'm too busy. The whole fast, prayer and fasting was about, hey, let's stop and get into God's presence and be content with what we have and stop looking for more, thinking if we could just be five miles from here, we'd be happier. No, we wouldn't. And let's go with God's rhythm. And so often the flesh will tell us to go, but, but God will tell us, the Spirit of God will tell us to stop. And often when, when God's telling us to go, fear will tell us to stop. You see, when we pray, we're filling ourselves with the Spirit of God so that we know when to go and when to stop. It's usually the polar opposite of what our flesh would tell us to do, to go way ahead of God, to go with our fleshly instincts. Oh, I want it now. I don't want to wait until marriage. I want to, oh, I feel so. Stop! Why? God wants to protect you. He wants to make your path straight. And listen, God's grace has covered our past. We've all went through the red lights with the Spirit. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Let's not be lying in church. We've all went through the red lights and got the penalty points and made the mistakes and paid the consequence. Maybe you're still paying that right now. Listen, God's grace covers that, but let's learn. Let's make life simpler as we grow and as we move forward. Can I get an amen? See, David was an unlikely candidate for an unlikely situation with unlikely training. He didn't train how everyone else trained. He didn't go where everyone else went. He didn't uh, come with an idea that everyone else had with a sling and a stone. But he was the solution to an unlikely problem, a giant Goliath. Maybe right now you're, you're sitting there thinking no one else has to go through this. This isn't fair, but maybe God has got you and he's preparing you for something that nobody else can prepare for and nobody else can fulfill and nobody else can reach. Maybe God has got you in an unlikely situation because you're an unlikely candidate for an unlikely miracle. But sometimes we got to stop in order to start. David stopped in a field. Why? Just to prepare him, to protect him from all of the training that God didn't want him to have because he had a story to tell. And lastly, is the band come ahead on up. See how I'm staying on time these days? 30 minutes. Stop, Phil. Red light. Stop where you are. There's a story in the Bible, and it talks about the Israelites, and the Israelites were trying to get through a desert. They were coming from slavery in Egypt, 
and they're going to the destination, the promised land. This is God's blessing over our lives. And, and they're trying to get there. And in this process, and they're right at the tip of the river of this promised land where God uh, had predestined and planned for them to be. And, and this, this obstacle, it looks impossible. Like, it's like a Goliath of a river. It's a massive impossibility. It, like, how are we going to get all of these hundreds of thousands of people across this river? And so there's confusion. There's a desire to go back to old. There's a, there's, a, there's a desire to stay in what is known and just settle for less. There's all kinds of gossip going on about the leadership, and it's terrible. And, and Moses is like, what are we going to do? But the Bible actually says when the priests, their foot actually touched the water, they had to touch the impossibility. They had to touch what seemed impossible before the water began to retract and move and part. They had to move forward in faith before they seen anything happen, before they felt any nice feelings. For anything shifted in their sight, they had to touch the water. Some of us, we need to start just with a step of faith out of stock, not because you feel it, not because you see it, but because God said it, and His Word is faithful, and he, he will always be faithful to His Word. He's more faithful than a brother. But you've got to start with a step. The, the Bible says the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. A, a righteous person is just someone who trusts in God's Word and who He says He is. But it starts with a step. I remember just recently I was trying to get back into fitness and I kind of got out of the way and just busy, 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 looking for performance and busy. You know what? I'm trying to just do too much with too little time and had to stop. And I wanted to get my fitness because I felt when, when I stepped in my fitness, in the realm of fitness, when I started just to do something, even a walk, just something small, I found that when I'd done that, my energy levels increased. There was provision for me in my mind, in my emotions. I was more driven than I was when I didn't take a step. I just started with small, a seed, a step, a little bit, just a, just a toe in the water. And as I'd done that, what I found happened is I'd done it, because it was reachable, it was something that I could do, I'd done a little bit more and it actually was enjoyable, whereas before I would have just went way too extreme and been wrecked for about a week. And it's too much. I tried to leap. I tried to leap of faith and not a step. But it's the steps of a righteous man that God directs. It's the steps. Those steps are ordered of the Lord. It's not a leap. We're trying to do too much too soon. It's God's grace. It's a step. It's a rhythm. It's how we operate. It's the way He's intended us to be. It's the step. And so maybe right now, you need to take some steps of faith, not leaps. You don't have to be changed overnight. You don't have to have it all sorted in just a moment. You don't have to have this mad breakthrough that just happens like that. Maybe, maybe you just need a step. Maybe you just need to dip your toe in the water of faith. Maybe you need to maybe take, take a step to have a conversation with a friend. Step. Maybe you need to start your day with, with just one prayer, just two words, one word. Just do something, a step. Maybe you need to just read one line of a devotion step. Not a leap. You don't have to read the book. 
don't have to read the Bible in a week. Step. What, what if maybe you tried to follow God's lead on just something small? Step. Touch your toe. Dip your toe. What, what if you maybe needed to have a conversation with somebody at church that just went a little bit deeper? Step. Maybe if you needed, you needed to reach out to just one person and, and that's close to you and just ask, how are you? Step. Maybe you just need to go, go for a walk for your fitness, for your mental health, for, for your physical health. Step. Maybe you, you need to do growth track today. It's only a step. There's no pressure. Just to come find out. Take the, the pressure off and just see what God does. God is a God that works gracefully. It's a rhythm. It's a flow. It's not on our strength and our might. It's, it's this, this, just take a step. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.